Hello everyone and welcome back for some more freshly brewed drag tea. Today I have with me a fantastically talented queen who showed off her impressive looks and lip syncing abilities when she competed on season two of Drag Race Down Under. I'm super excited for you all to get to know her better and learn more about her amazing journey in drag. We'll of course be talking all things Drag Race and I'll be asking some of the amazing questions you all sent in. Please join me in welcoming the always fabulous Beverly Kills. Yay, thank you for having me, Matt. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How, thank you for being here. You look amazing. I love the look. <laughs> thank you. I was, um, I kind of just reached to the very bottom. And my favorite thing about doing interviews, especially when I don't have to be there in person, is I don't have to wear tights. We're in, we're in the uh, track pants today and I'm comfortable. It's my favorite part about drag. I remember drag during COVID um, and so many people were like, oh, I'm so excited to be able to like go back to the nightclubs. And I'm like, yeah, but how good was doing drag from the waist up? Like, I don't have to wear shoes. I don't have to tuck. I'm not being lazy. I'm just, I just, I like my comforts and I don't think that's an issue. <laughs> if you're only being filmed from, you know, like the shoulders up, then who cares? <laughs> right? Like, I spent like hours doing this. You know, I'm going to spend five minutes putting on some tights. Like, that's just whatever to me. But, um, but yeah, I, I actually, I take it back. When I got to go back to the clubs after COVID, I was very grateful. Um, but the good thing is now I've, you know, we've all accustomed ourselves to doing drag online. So if I want to talk to someone in the UK, I can do that easily. So thank you again for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be on. I know my subscribers were very, you know, um, they were really eager to hear from you. And uh, there are lots of questions for you, which we'll get to later. Um, but yeah, no, obviously I loved you on the show. You were so fun. Um, so we really wanted to, you know, speak to you and hear more about you. So I was just wondering if you could kind of, you know, tell us a little bit more about Beverly Kills, you know, where you're from, how you got into drag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So everyone who watched the show would know that I live in Brisbane, but I was born on the Gold Coast. They're only an hour apart. Like it's just along the like East Coast of Australia, sort of it's the second most northern Australian city, so it's very hot and very humid. Brisbane is often compared, we're sort of like the, uh, we're like the Florida or maybe like the Brighton of the UK, like that's sort of our level. We're hot, we're hot and we're beachy um, and we're pretty trashy, but it's like sort of part of the fun. Um, but yeah, I started on the Gold Coast. I never ever got a booking on the Gold Coast just because it's such a small, um, like it's like a small community and the biggest part of the Gold Coast is it's tourism and you know, drag queens aren't necessarily like a big tourist attraction. Um, so like, as I sort of like got older and I loved watching like drag race as a teenager. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Like I love drag. Like I want to do it. So I did. And, but the problem was, you know, there's no drag on the Gold Coast that I could go do. So I would like catch the train in, um, what I would call like, a form of drag and I would take like the two hour train trip from the Gold Coast to Brisbane, just like sitting by myself, like some lonely baby queen. Um, and then I'd go into the city and I'd party all night long and I'd take the, the first train home at 4am and it, I just had a great time. <laughs> and eventually I had to move here because I'm like, well, these train tickets are getting expensive. I may as well just like live here. Um, so here we are. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a cool story. You know, and, and yeah, I guess when you think of drag, you don't necessarily, especially in Australia, you don't necessarily, Brisbane wouldn't be the first place you'd necessarily think of. So it's interesting to hear like how you got started in a sort of a, a smaller city compared to Sydney or Melbourne or something like that. 
Totally. Like, it's funny because I remember when season one came out and Brisbane is the third biggest city in Australia and we knew that there was going to be um, a, a few Kiwis on the season and we knew that there was going to be a lot of Sydney and Melbourne representation. So Brisbane, we were like, oh, God, it's only going to be one of us. And then no one got on. Uh, so then the competition for season two was, like, even bigger. Um, but, yeah, so just to be to be the person that got to do it and to, like, be, I really hope to be the first of many, many people from my city to represent Brisbane. Um, it was just such a fun honour. Like, it was so cool. And, like, when I came back, the entire city just rallied around me. And I've never felt that sort of love from, like, a community before. So that was... Um, it was so special and just so exciting. And, yeah, people often on the show, even, like, the producers, they noticed how... Um, how important Brisbane was to me. So they kept bringing it up to me. They're like, oh, if you're not doing well, do you feel like you're letting down people in Brisbane? And I'd be like, yeah, I do. Like, <laughs> so they knew how to get to me was, you know, through my community because it's the, it's the people that I care the most about. So yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Brisbane stan, you know, I'm very uh, patriotic in that way. Oh, that's nice. You know, and I've, I've heard lots of things, but you know, nice things about Brisbane and it's very, cause it's like hot, like you said, it's kind of the Florida of Australia or like maybe parts of California or something like that. It's got that, that kind of vibe. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting hearing, you know, coming from a smaller city. Cause I imagine lots of other drag Queens out there come from small cities in their countries and it, it, it can be tough, but it's lovely to hear that you have this community behind you. Totally. We, um, Brisbane, like I find it funny, like where I am, um, we're a really strong city, but the problem with Brisbane, especially like sort of, around COVID times is there was so much, Brisbane is a really modern city, like uh, Melbourne and Sydney, they're quite historic. Have you ever been to Melbourne or Sydney or Australia for that matter? No. <laughs> so if you go to Sydney, I think Sydney and Melbourne pride themselves as these like really modern cities and they are, but their buildings are like so historic and it's so beautiful and old. Whereas Brisbane, like we're very, very modern. Like we don't have a lot of the historic buildings that's because in the 80s we had like a really like strict state government who like tore down all these buildings in the middle of the night and put up all these police stations uh i wasn't alive in the 80s so i don't know what that's like but that's just what i've learned about the city but it's funny how that's sort of like it's definitely had an effect i think long term on our drag because it means that our queer spaces are not as common you know we've only got at the moment like one two three queer venues and then we have one that's only on Sundays and then that's about it and one's currently getting renovated so we only have two <laughs> like whereas Sydney and Melbourne have like 10 each yeah no it, it's definitely a challenge I mean I'm I'm from a I, mean, I don't do drag but I'm from a I'm from a, originally from a small town city in in the UK and now I live in London so obviously kind of a similar you know there's so many more opportunities in big cities and things um yeah. So what made you choose to decide to stay in Brisbane rather than moving perhaps to Sydney or Melbourne or a bigger city? Um, COVID. Like, I, I turned 18 and then th three months later, COVID started. So, like, it was, it was pretty, like, yeah, October. And then when did COVID start? Like, March-ish. Um... Yeah, like it just—it was so—it was so immediate. So I like almost didn't have the time. So yeah, I just I couldn't leave the state. So I could barely even leave the house. So I just kind of stayed where I was. And like I built, and I sort of like built the community. I always wondered if what my life would be like if I didn't get on Drag Race so early. Like I feel like I, I got Drag Race is something that I think a lot of people work for. 
Um, and I got it very early on. So I always wondered like, oh God, like what would I even be doing now? Like, would I still, would I be a full-time drag queen? Like, would I still be uh, working at the bank or would I have used my uni degree? Would I have moved cities, you know? Um, so I always wondered what life would be like, but I guess you can't, you can't, you can't get yourself held up with thinking about what life would be like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I would still be in Brisbane. I've got a really, really big soft spot for it. And like, I think I'm really invested in this city because I think slowly but surely we are building ourselves to become like a gay, people call Sydney like the gay Mecca. And I think Brisbane could be that one day as well, but it's going to take time. But I want to be there for the ride. So I'm, I'm think I'm going to stay here at least for the foreseeable future. No, yeah, I mean, I've heard, it's, I've heard nice things about the city, so I can see why. Um, and so can you sort of tell us a bit about where the name Beverly Kills comes from? Yeah, well, I used to be called Ida Kills and Ida was the name of my grandmother. And then Kills I got from the singer Natalia Kills. Do you remember her? She was that that was on the X Factor. She like made fun of a contestant that she got like cancelled. And I always loved her music and I always loved her name. So I'm like, well, this bitch isn't using her name anymore. So I'm going to take that. Um, and I used Ida, which was my grandmother's name. And then over COVID, like the name didn't really stick. Like it was just a bit confusing. So when we got back to like clubs being open, I was like, I have a new name and it's Beverly Kills, like the suburb. And everyone's like, great, cool. So because I hadn't like built myself um, with like a big name yet, when I changed the name, people didn't really notice. So that was good. Right. That's an advantage. So Beverly is a suburb in Brisbane then? No, Beverly Hills, like... Oh! In California? I didn't... I... Okay. I am totally... <laughs> really? It's so easy. I literally it's only... Like the it's the hills. I've actually not been there, so maybe maybe it's an imaginary place. The hills. You know the hills? Yeah, no, I'm Beverly... Okay, I was being really dumb. Matt! Matthew! Oh God, I literally... Okay, okay. okay. You know Hanaconda is Anaconda? Yeah, I, that one I knew. <laughs> you got that one? All right, gee, I was like, how many names has this guy missed? Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> is, I am blaming the fact that it is 8 o'clock in the morning here, and I have only just had my coffee. I know that the season has been out for a long time, but I am blaming that. <laughs> Oh my god! It's actually funny. Every now and then, I think that I think when the race happened, um, everyone picked up. But before that, every now and then, someone I'd be, you know, I work at a very like boozy nightclub, so someone would come up to me, drunk off their face, and they'd be like, "Wait, is your name like the place in America?" And I'm like, "Yes." Oh my god! And I've been doing drag for like four years, not four years, three years at that point, and people still didn't get it. I'm like, "What the?" F anyway. Uh, we'll, have to see, we'll have to see in the comments. Let us know in the comments. Did you know that it was Beverly Hills, like as a play on words, or was it just Matt being super dumb? Probably the latter. Ripple, I don't. I hope I'm not telling tales out of school here. But uh, in the hometown challenge, Ripple asked me like where I got my name from, and I told him, and he went, "Oh," and he went, "You've not even been there," and I was like, "No," but. <laughs> So, if, so RuPaul also didn't know. So, you know, I feel slightly exonerated. No, 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 no. He, knew, he, got, he got the name. He was just like, but you've never actually been to Beverly Hills. I was like, no. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. That it sounded was cool. It, it's a cool. I think it was emotional. 
Well, I was most shocked that it hadn't been taken yet. Like, I, I knew when changing my name, I was like, oh, I better not, you know, take a name that's already done. And I, like, researched everywhere. And there's, there's a Beverly Thrills, there's a Beverly Pills, and I was like, there's no Beverly Kills. Great, it's mine. It's a, it's a cool name. I just, yeah, I, I just always assumed it was something like Beverly was maybe like a play on words <laughs> of, of something else. Someone someone asked a question. I didn't actually pick it out as one of the questions, but someone asked a question being like, ask her if she's ever been to LA or something like that. And I was thinking, why would I ask that? And that must be what they meant. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like I've been to, um, I have plans to go, I'd like to go to DragCon in the US. Um, I was going to go to DragCon UK. I, it's a, currently a maybe. It's very soon. Um, and I'm, I'm also busy. Like I was really like, Oh God, I like, I'm a drag race girl now. I better go to all the drag cons and do all the things. And now I get why not every drag race queen goes. And I'm like, I'm busy. Like I've got gigs to do. Like even, um, even like world pride, for example, world pride this year is in Sydney and I'm going for a couple days, but the rest of them, I've got gigs in other cities elsewhere. And I'm like, I can't even, I don't know. I thought my experience with drag race would be like, you're going to do the big events, you know, the big festivals, you're going to do world pride or drag con. And half the time I'm like, I'm busy doing something else like i don't know you can't help the i don't even know how i got on that <laughs> a very booked and wet and you know what that's the magic of the race like i went on there i went on there to push myself i went on there to win but i knew if i went on there i could get to do what i love full time and i was like great golden ticket done yeah, I mean, it's and speaking of the show, so obviously I think that's what we perhaps my audience will best know you from is season two of Drag Race Down Under. So I was wondering if you could sort of tell us a little bit about what the audition process was like, why you decided to audition, did you audition for season one, things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm allowed to say about season two, but I know what I can say about season one is that I was, season one was like a closed audition, like they were approached um, and I was not approached for season one. Um, and it's funny because season two was an open audition. Like everyone saw the ads, you know, I remember the day that it was announced and Facebook in Brisbane went across Australia actually. Cause you know, we're all friends with each other across the, the country. Australian drag went crazy that day when the open auditions came out because season one, they reached out to the big names in each city. Um, and that was kind of it. So I remember when I was talking to like my drag sisters, when the first season calls went out and you know, they're all like, you know, Oh, I think we've been contacted and someone from world of wonder have arranged a Skype call and I'm sitting there like, I didn't get a call. Like Fuck you, bitch. Um, and they were a lot more experienced than me at the time. Like I don't still only been doing drag for like a year or two. And then I was like, I didn't really get too butthurt over it. But then when season two came around, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on and I'm going to get on before these girls do and rub it in their face. <laughs> um, and then I did. And then I think there was a bit of like, I think for season two, a lot of the uh, queens in, in across the country, but especially in Brisbane, were like, oh, it's just going to be one of the girls that were approached for the first season. And I don't think they expected me to do it. Um, but here we are. Apparently, that's what they wanted. So, yeah. So I just auditioned. I made my tape. Um, it's a long tape, um, but I love my tape. I put in I put in a lot of work for the tape, knowing that I'm like, this is like the one thing I will not regret working my ass off on. Like, I know that if I put in a really good tape, um, they'll want to see more of me and, um, it's lame and everyone says it, um, the, 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 the key to success with the tape is just be yourself. Um, because they cast you for a reason. They cast you cause they want you specifically. So if you be yourself, you, you're not set up for failure because that's who they want you to be. 
Um, just very honest in my tape. I was very me. I didn't put any put any act on of like I'm X Y Z drag queen. I just spoke to them like a normal person, like I like I normally do. So yeah, I love. Maybe I should post my tape. I don't know if I, I, might, I might have to ask if I can post the tape, but I love my tape. I'll put it out. I'll leak it. I'll leak it online and pretend like my i my iCloud got hacked or something, like Jennifer Lawrence, and be like, ah oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, that would be cool. I, I think it's interesting. We don't get to see the tapes very often, I imagine, because there's probably an NDA or something. But it's cool to, like, see some tapes from other seasons and how they progressed and their personality. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, season one didn't make any tapes. So we're the first group of girls for Down Under to have made tapes. So, yeah, I'll ask them. Maybe I can. I'll check. Maybe. Well, we'd love to see it. Um and so obviously, yeah, so obviously, you know, you got on, which is amazing. Uh, what was it like then going to New Zealand to film and, you know, walking in the doors that first day? Like, what was that whole experience like? Well, we had to quarantine for two weeks because during, you know, New Zealand's quite strict with their, like, COVID rules. So at the time, we still had to isolate for 10 days. Um, but right before we left, um, which was like the Christmas, New Year, we left just after New Year's. Right before we left Christmas last year, we had um, Omicron, like the third strain, and everybody got, like every single person in my life got COVID. And I had to cancel all of my Christmas gigs, all of my New Year's gigs, and that's like a lot of money. I had to cancel like two weeks of gigs, and I sat new in New Year's Eve, sat in my apartment with my boyfriend, just like listening to the fireworks, like on the Brisbane River, but just sitting in the apartment while all of my drag sisters are out partying, all giving each other COVID, because I knew I'm like, if I get COVID, I can't film Drag Race. So I just hid from the world for like a couple of weeks, isolated for 10 days, cast hotel for five days, and then we went into film. And it was, it was wild. It was, um, I, I, I often wonder, I'm like, I wonder if um, the producers like wanted us to be in isolation because by the time we went into filming that day, that was my first time seeing like, other people and socializing with other people for like three weeks. So when I got in there, I'm like, Oh my God, there's people here. Like I can touch people and hug people. And I hadn't like done that to someone in like weeks and weeks and weeks. So that first day we all got in and we were happy. We were happy as pigs in shit. We were so happy. We're just like drag queens. Oh my God. Yes. It was great. Uh, yeah. I've heard that from other Queens, but the, you know, the, the, it was very long, uh, lockdown, especially if you're coming from Australia into New Zealand and everything, because they were very strict on COVID. So I can only imagine that what that must have been like to be with your fellow queens and everything for the first time. Um, it was just like, yeah, so good. So good. Loved it. I had a rough idea of who I was going to see there. So I was like, kind of like keen to meet those girls as well. Like I, I was pretty clued on that Hannah Conda would be there. I was pretty sure Queen Kong was going to be there. So I was like, I'm like so excited to like, see these girls like I hadn't seen Kong in like a couple of years so I was like I'm gonna see her again and it'll just be just be nice to like catch up with people you know yeah that was gonna be my next question which which of the queens did you already know and who were you kind of expecting to be there and you were right or wrong or whatever um the only queen I had met was Kong I'd never met any of the other girls and that was just because when I like started doing drag seriously um I couldn't leave the city like you know Hannah had met like almost the entire cast except like me, Yuri, and Spanky, and maybe Aubrey. But she'd met everybody else. Where I went in there being like, I don't know any of you guys, but I'm excited to meet you. Like, this is great. And we were all as nervous as each other, so I think we all got to bond over that together, if that makes any sense. 
Um, I was positive Queen Kong was there. I was positive Hanaconda was there. Positive Mini Cooper was there. Isn't that funny that they're like, before the race, they were like the big names, you know? You're sort of always sure of those big names, but then when they get like the lesser known queens like myself or maybe Molly or Aubrey, we were, we kind of went in and people were like, who the fuck is this bitch? Um, so that was quite exciting. Uh, one of my, um, I won't say who, but I was tipped off by someone who has made stuff for me being like, I'm also making stuff for someone else. And they gave me a rough idea of who they think like might be on, but they were right and they were also very wrong. So I didn't take any of it too seriously. The only queen I didn't know anything about was Spanky, surprisingly. I knew all the other girls, I'd seen them on Instagram or whatever, and Spanky I'd never heard of and never seen in my life. So when I walk in there and I look at them and I'm like, Hannah, and I'm like posing for the camera and I'm like trying to look over, and I'm like, there's Hannah, there's Fo, and I'm like, who the fuck is that purple bitch? Like, who are you? Um, and it was Spanky Jackson, and I was like, who are you? Good to meet you. <laughs> Yeah, because it's, it's funny because I guess you don't always know, especially if they're from maybe a different, because obviously she's, you know, from um, New Zealand originally. So she was, well, she was on House of Drag, but if you didn't, if you hadn't seen that, I mean, I'd heard the name before, but I didn't know. I knew some of the bigger names, like you said, like Minnie Cooper, and um, I'd heard of Queen Kong and stuff. So I'd heard of those people before. But it's, it's interesting to get yeah. to see some of the lesser known queens like yourself, and you said some of the others. It's I think it's nice to have a mix of different people and obviously that then adds to the richness of the season I guess 100% yeah absolutely it was you know we're all cast for a reason and it's to make those like really interesting dynamics with each other um and interesting dynamics we had wow <laughs> yeah like, well, honestly we're, we're, just we're, no you go oh I was just going to say that... you go Okay, shout out to the casting team because they did a great job. You go. <laughs> um, I think there's a bit of there's a tiny bit of a lag. That's why I didn't hear what you said. Um, so I was going to get onto you know like the drama and stuff, and um, but you know, in terms of so obviously you walk in, you said you kind of had guessed several of the people, and you knew a couple of people were going to be there just from guessing and whatever. Um, what did it feel like then doing, so the first mini challenge you did was that photo shoot with the sausage and everything. What did that feel like doing that and meeting RuPaul for the first time? It, it, it didn't even, it didn't feel real. Like I didn't know what to expect as like the first day challenge, but that, that first day was such a fever dream. And I don't even remember any of it because like by the end of the day, we had been awake for like 24 hours straight because you know, you get up at 3 a.m. to put your entrance look on and we didn't leave the studio till like 3.30 a.m. Like we were just making shit till the wee hours of the morning. So I look back on that day and I'm like, did that even happen? Like what the f Um, But yeah, they just, they, they separate you all. And they're like, all right, we're going to do it by alphabetical order. So I popped in, I think I was like second. And I just see the hot boys with the sausages. And I'm like, oh God, what do we have to do? <laughs> like there's like, because like this sense of like dread came over me. Like, what is this? And the rules were you cannot um, put the sausage in your mouth and it was because a because of COVID and then B because Rue doesn't like seeing people eat like it makes him gag so we could uh, like around but if your lips made contact with the sausage it was like bad news do not do that so um that's all I really remember I don't even know what happened 
it was it was it was funny and it was nice to get to know the queens a bit more and that sort of one-to-one interaction then you see RuPaul meeting you and and sort of getting a sense of who you are so it was a really cool challenge um and so the obviously you were actually there for quite a long time so we can't go through every challenge in (laughs) in a lot of detail because otherwise we're here until tomorrow but so for the the first challenge was the design challenge and the second challenge was the acting challenge the prison acting challenge and both times you were safe so you you know you did a really good job and your look was good and everything um which of those two challenges did you find the most difficult um i think the acting challenge like i definitely didn't struggle with it um but i remember watching the episode back and i'm like how are they going to edit me like i felt like i was safe and then I got judged as safe. And then I would rewatch the, the, how they edited it. And I was like, basically like taken out of it. Like I was, I did such an average in the middle job that they were like, cool. Like that's safe, whatever, just edit her out. Um, yeah. And so many people were like, oh, you know, like, um, I wish we got to see more of Bev, you know, and see why she was safe. I'm like, it's because I didn't, I didn't give anything great, but I wasn't. So I was kind of just like in the middle. I delivered my lines with a little bit of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I like made the jokes and then, but I didn't didn't have the skills to maybe like push it to that like funny comedic route. I just kind of like did the job description because I didn't know what else to do. Um, With the design challenge, I was really stressed at first. Like I remember the person who actually had to help me out just like get myself together was Fo. Fo like came over. She's like, you are struggling. Are you okay? And I'm like, I just feel like uh, this is not working. And I'm looking around and everyone's got like quite complete, stuff whereas I didn't have a lot like I just kind of had a bits of fabric and still didn't really have an idea of what I was doing and the person who calmed me down the most was Fo, which sucked so when she went home I was like I've lost a mate like um but the act but then once I got into it I was like no I'll be fine um and then the the acting challenge scared me a bit more because there's less of us as well yeah, and I guess I when I, I interviewed um, Minnie Cooper a, a while ago, and she was kind of what she made the point of saying with any challenge, especially at the beginning, even if you're not good at it, you only have to be better than one other person. So this is true. <laughs> um, that's, that's sort of the mindset I adopted for the early part of the season. I was like, just don't do the worst. That's all you have to do is just don't do the worst. And then by the third episode, I was like, oh. There's not enough, there's, we're, we're thinning out. There's only 10 of us, so we thin out so quickly. And by episode uh, four, there's like six queens left. And you're like, what the f***? <laughs> it, it's definitely, it's, it's a race for the, re- like it's called Drag Race for a reason. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, yeah, so you were safe for the first two episodes. And then episode three was the bottomless brunch, sort of stand-up roast challenge, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you were partnered with... Uh, you were partnered with um, Pamara Fifth. Um, what was it like? Sort of, have you had you worked with her before? Did you know her, and what was that like working with her? I didn't know anything about her. The only thing I knew about her was the girl I met on Drag Race. Like, I had a clue that she might be on, but I didn't know much about her. Um, so I just kind of went into it with like an open mind, and like, um you see that we honestly had such an up and down experience. Like we had really fun moments together. And then we had moments where we just didn't click and couldn't uh, figure out each other's style. Um, I wouldn't change it. Like I would obviously like want, <laughs> I would maybe change the, uh, the content that we pr- presented. Cause it was a bit, mm, a bit how you going. 
but like I wouldn't cha- I would not change that experience for the world like it, it that was the episode where I like clicked on that I was on drag race and like like getting control like you you can do this um it really snapped me into reality doing that challenge and you know especially having to lip sync with her with the person that you like made the content with like that was quite I kind of found that a bit difficult like lip syncing against Minnie was different because we didn't work together in that challenge but because Pamara and I worked together in the challenge lip syncing there was this like sort of sense of guilt in the back of my mind and I was like I can't I can't like let her win just because I'm like oh we work together like no like that was that was really hard to sort of beat that but I'm glad I did. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What, what was it like? Lips, obviously your first time in the bottom because you were safe for the first two episodes. And then you obviously, you were unfortunately in the bottom with your partner as well for the challenge. Um, what was it like lip syncing? And because obviously, you know, I think you proved that you're an amazing lip syncer and you sort of came alive. Uh, what did that kind of in some way give you a kind of fire maybe to do better and sort of go through the competition more? It's such a drag race cliche and there's, so many, there was something like, they're like, oh, there's currently like 14, like, or 12 or some, how many reigning winners, which just goes to show you how many episodes, which means that there's so many cliches and the cliche of drag race is like, I've just been in the bottom and like, there's a fire under my ass and like, I've, I've, I've snapped, I'm, I've woken up and I'm here to win, but it's a cliche because it's true. Cause I went back into that work room and I'm like, I'm winning. I feel great. Everyone else. I just sent home someone. And I think that like, that like hype that I had for myself, I think it translated to the other girls as arrogance. And I hated that it did because all I wanted to do was just celebrate that I just want to lip sync. And I, I enjoyed doing that. And it was the only time that I had like succeeded was by winning a lip sync. And then, so that was the only thing I had to hold on to was like, like Hannah had been in the top, Spanky had won challenges, you know, Yuri, you know, has had amazing runways. And I'm like, all I've got is this lip sync win, but it's what's making me feel good at the moment. So I'm holding on to that. No, definitely. Like, it was an amazing lip sync. And obviously, you know, unfortunately, then you won, but Pamara left. So like you said, you, I guess you felt guilty in a way. But in the same time, one of you had to go. So you just kind of accept that it's a competition. You're both professionals and you just accept that it's a TV show. And you, But you got to stay because you did a great performance. Thanks. Uh, um, yeah, I love lip sync. And I love that song. I've always loved that song. So when they told us that was the song, I was like, great, let's do it. And so uh, you mentioned briefly there um, that you felt like perhaps to the, to the other queens, you maybe came off as being slightly like, arrogant or whatever. And I think that was maybe part of your storyline. They That was sort of what they pushed a little bit. Do you think that's true? Or do you think, was that kind of an edit that you were surprised about when you watched the show back? Um, a bit of both, I suppose. Like, I think I was arrogant in the moment. Um, and my arrogant, I'm never usually arrogant in real life. It's because I I actually had a lot of people in my life reach out to me being like, I love you, but I do not recognize this person on TV. Um, and I think it's because what happened was I was put in such a foreign situation and I, you know, as I said on the show, like I hold myself to a really high standard and success means a lot to me. And when I wasn't able to succeed, I felt this part of myself sort of take over and I, let alone the contestants, had ever experienced that part of, uh, you know, myself. You know, they say like, you know, people change when they're in stressful situations and that's a thousand percent true, but I'd never been in a situation like that. So for me to like 
still be like I, if I was eliminated episode three, I wouldn't have been branded as like arrogant because I would have not been there. But because I was in the bottom, but I was still there, I just felt so. I think that's sort of why it translated that way. Um, I don't think I regret uh, that it came across that way. Um, that's how I felt, and like I, I don't ever want to take away from honesty. Like I'll never say like, oh, like I wish I said this instead. I'm like, no, that's how I felt in the moment, and I stand by it. But I do, I do wish that I was able to sort of like um, get myself back in the driver's seat, even if I wasn't feeling in control. Um, and I let that out of controlness uh, sort of take over a bit, and it sort of actually it ended up um, like my relationships up with the other girls because my desire to stay there ended up just like taking over. And I wish I wish I I wish I had the foresight to know that about myself. But if I ever were to do like an all stars, I think I would know that about myself. Going in there, I wouldn't let not doing well tear me down. It would just just be a fact of life, and I would just carry on with it. Yeah, it, it's, it must be difficult, especially because, like you said, you're, you know, you're young, you haven't been doing drag for as long as some of the others. So I can only imagine it must be so stressful for even someone that's been doing it for, you know, 10, 20 years, whatever, some of them. Um, but it, it must be in, intense. And I think that was kind of the yeah. storyline that some of some of them on the show said, you know, Beverly's not being herself. She's acting for the TV um, did you ever think that in the moment when you were doing it, were you aware that you were being different to normal or did you not, were you kind of so in the moment you didn't even realize that about yourself? I think it's that, that's probably the one thing that I think I disagree with is that like Beverly's putting something on. I never put anything on. Like I didn't give a, I didn't give a that there were cameras there. Um, it was all to do with the competition. So to hear, um, Hannah say like, you weren't being authentic. That's why I told her off because I'm like, you know nothing about me. Like we've not worked together this whole competition. Um, you don't know me very well. You've not really expressed a desire to get to know me. So that's why like that critique of me, like I did not agree with that at all. I definitely agreed with like uh, being arrogant or like being desperate to do well, but to be branded as like putting it on for the cameras, um, that's just who I am. Um, yeah. So like I, I am a very like blunt and I'm quite an intense personality. Um, but that's just who I am. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Like we're all different. And I think to, to expect someone to be a certain way, um, is it's not fair. Like it's not how the world works, you know? No. And I guess at the same time, you've got to kind of accept that it's a TV show. They're trying to make you do something interesting. That's why they take your phones away, make you isolate. And you're in a room just with a load of other big personality drag queens. They want you to do something interesting totally. like, yeah and like I, anything interesting that happened i never was like oh today i'm going to um today i'm going to uh talk to hannah about how she's making me feel um I, it's just how i felt and i'm like the what i didn't do was like hold my emotions in i just let them out and um i think it made for good tv and it's funnily enough i was worried that being so emotional was going to make people not like me it has made more and more fans side with me because they're like, I, I feel for this girl. Like I get what she's going through. Um, I'm supporting her. Um, so it was great. I was really worried that the episode I went home on, people were just going to not like me, but I had the most support like I'd ever, ever had for myself ever um, on that episode where I went home because everyone was like, girl, like you are fighting to stay there and I'm, I feel for you. Um, so it was really nice to, it was really nice to have that. 
Yeah, no, I, I think on the show, you definitely came across as being like a fighter and really feisty, but in, not in a bad way, but in like a kind of, you just wanted to show yourself, show your drag, and you always had really good looks and you were really good in the, the lip syncs and the performances. So I could kind of see that was obviously just maybe part of the competition that you were acting in a way that maybe you wouldn't if you were at a live show or, or with your friends or something. And you've got to, you can't judge someone from a TV show. It's, it's TV. <laughs> no, totally not. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's just the one thing that I've kind of I still to this day I'm like I don't understand like uh where that where that critique came from. Um I think I think what what was happening was they just didn't understand me as a person. Um and therefore they took that as like oh this is just like a young it's just like a young social media queen who's just gone on drag race to live the drag race fantasy. Um I am a social media queen and it's just and it's because I'm younger and because of, you know, covid happened. I didn't have any outlets. I didn't you know, I, I want the experience that they, that those older Queens had. And I wanted to, and I want to work and have those experiences. And I want to earn that experience as well. I never, I never ever like thought that I, um, I knew more than they did. Um, but it was frustrating to hear that, um, they like kind of expected me to, for some reason. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like I was, you know, I, half of my drag career at that point was digital because of the pandemic. So that's like the one thing where I wish I stood up for myself in that moment, being like, no, like this actually, this isn't true because this, but it was just too much happening. So I was just like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that was gonna be one of my questions actually, was that the there was this narrative throughout the whole season um, that you didn't know who you were. And um, when I actually, I interviewed Minnie Cooper, cause obviously I think you two probably had like the biggest age difference in terms of um, the experience, but um, she said, she said, oh, I think Beverly does know who she is. She's just young. And like, I think that can come across mm. being, you don't know who you are, but that's not true. So I kind of was, yeah, interested to hear. Yeah. In um, I think Minnie's right. Minnie's hit the nail on the head, you know. Um, Minnie, Minnie was, for one of the older queens, she never, she never doubted who I was and she just let me be myself. You know, what we argued about was nothing to do with that. Um, it was about, you know, talking behind someone's back and it was like that was just a miscommunication really like that could have been anyone but I was really like I was really happy to see like post the show Minnie standing up for me and being like no this girl knows exactly who she is she's just on the road you know figuring out like her life journey and I think that's fine like again like I'm not going to apologize for that like what do you want me to do about that um I've all I've done is done drag with like a really open heart and a really open mind. Like I love drag and that's why I do drag. That's why I did drag race. That's why I work my ass off to work in as a drag queen. Um, that's cause I love it. And all I want to do is learn and all I want to do is just embrace drag. Um, so it just sucked that in the moment that they were like, no, this is fake. And I'm like, I'm just getting there, man. Like I doubt that you, I feel like I just, it frustrated me because I'm like, if you three talking about like the babs, like if you three were like, 21 doing drag race i can guarantee you'd be feeling the exact same way that i'm feeling right now so yeah it is tough it's tough especially when you're young and you haven't done it for that long and you're because of lockdown and, and coronavirus stuff you were more of a social media queen so but because of forced you had to be so it, it made for interesting television yeah. at least. so that's the main thing i guess <laughs> i definitely understood watching it back like and seeing it with their confessionals as well um, I see where they were coming from. And if I was in their position, I'd probably feel the same way. So like, I just wish I got to like, um, I wish I got to work with those three more because then I would have been able to learn more from them. 
Does that make any sense? Like, because I wanted to, I looked up to them so much and I still do. Like, we got to tour with them and even, like, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm working with, like, I'm sharing a stage with Queen Kong. Like, this is really cool. And, yeah, I just wish, um, I wish that I got to show that. My appreciate. I wish I got to show my appreciation for them. I show it to them now, but I wish I got to show it to them in the moment. Um, I just got too held up with how I was feeling and I, I didn't show them the respect that, like, anyone deserves. So, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's a very mature attitude to have and, like, often you, you have hindsight after the event. Um, and so, yeah, we were touch you sort of touched a little bit earlier on the conflict with Minnie. So that was going to be my next coach. So obviously, you know, you, you were in the bottom, unfortunately, with Pamara. She, she left. The next episode um, was the Snatch Game. And uh, you, <laughs> and you, before Snatch Game even happened, they were doing the walkthrough with Rue. And Minnie brought up that bit where she said that you had been saying that you didn't enjoy working with Pamara and obviously then you had a bit of a beef with her because you said she shouldn't have been talking behind your back to Rue. And I think that was the first moment we really saw a big conflict on the show that involved you. So I kind of wondered if you could sort of talk a bit about that. Yeah. Well, two, two things can be true at the same time. Um, I absolutely struggled working with Pamara, but I also had a really good time working with Pamara. Um, I don't know. I'm a professional. I'm not going to tell the judges that I struggled working with Pamara. I'm going to say, no, we did these things really well. I kind of knew we were going to be lip syncing anyway. So I didn't think it, I, I felt it very pointless for me to be like, here's where we struggled. Like it just felt pointless. So um, I thought Minnie bringing it up to Rue in the moment. I think she was honestly like, I don't think she was like making good TV. She was just doing the Minnie Cooper thing, which is being super honest. And that's why we love her. Because if you want, if you want the truth, go to Minnie. Because she will never lie to you. But it also means she's really loyal. And I'm kind of the same in that regard as well. Um, so when you've got two people that always just tell the truth with each other, it's a boom. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm almost glad that it happened because it meant that people could see like, people could like watch conflict resolution in action. And I think that's like, I think it's quite important for people, especially watchers of like reality TV. Like, I think that's really important for people to see like that conflict resolution is possible because we are two real people that have a real relationship and it started off very down, but we've just been like going up the whole time. And it's because we've been open with each other the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be like, my next question is what's your relationship like with Minnie now? We're best friends. We spoke, we like talk almost every day. Like we just text each other, checking in with each other. I was a bit bummed because we're on um, different legs of the, the down under tour. So we didn't get to share that experience together, unfortunately. But um, we chat, and the good thing is, is that Minnie and I had, like, quite a similar attitude towards Drag Race, like, at the time, but we just didn't know it. Like, we just didn't know how similar we were. And then looking back, I'm like, oh my god, we're just the same person. We are the exact same person. So, it's it's been interesting to see that. Um, I've got a lot of respect for, I've got a lot of respect for Coops, and I've got a lot of respect for the older girls in the cast as well, because they were, they were part of my journey of figuring out um, who I am and who I was and who I want to be as well. So I've, I'm really grateful for those, I'm really grateful for that crew, especially the crew that, you know, lasted longer than I did those four. Like they all played a really key role in my experience and I'm really grateful for them. Well, that's nice to hear. And it's, it's nice that you all, you, you know, you've had that conflict resolution with Minnie. And I, I always assumed on t when it, in the moment when you're in drag race, maybe you're not the best of friends because something's happened one day, but it's like sisters, you fight and then you make up. Oh, in the moment, I was, in the moment, I was ropeable. I was furious. Like, I was like, get me in that confessional now. I've got some shit 
to talk. Like I was so off. Um, but at, again, at the end of the day, it was just like, well, you know, like you just, you just build a bridge and get over it. Like that's the way, um, like I was raised in Brisbane, like the girls that I work with at my nightclub fluffy, we are like notoriously drama free. Like our group doesn't function as a team if anyone is fighting. So we, we do not argue. And if the tiniest thing comes up, you sort your in the moment and it's done. Um, so that's always the mindset that I've been raised on. Um, yeah, they kind of raised me in a way. Well, that's nice. And that's nice that you've had, I, I guess you'd rather have drama on the show than off the show because you're only on the show for a short period of time, whereas your life is long. 1000%. <laughs> yeah. My life, my life is very, very, very long. Um, yeah, you're right. Totally. And, um, I think, I think the reason why I did clash with the older girls as well was because what I'm used to in Brisbane, like I am the youngest of like my team that I work with. Um, and I'm used to their attitudes being very like mentor like, um, that no one's my drag parent, but whether they like it or not, they have taught me a lot of the drag, um, skills and mindset and, you know, all those sort of things that I already know. So I think to be, and so then I had never had, and I've competed with people my age. Um, so, but then to go into a competition where, the people whose age are usually like mentors when they became my competitors. I think it kind of like threw me through a bit of a loop, to be honest. Yeah, I completely see that. And it, it's, it was interesting watching the dynamic between the younger Queens and the, and the more, not even older, but just experienced Queens. Cause some of them aren't that much older. It's just that they've been doing drag perhaps for a bit longer. Um, one of them obviously being Minnie Cooper. Um, what I thought was quite interesting, cause you said that you and Minnie are quite, similar in a lot of ways one thing that Minnie said in the interview I did with her she she kind of acknowledged that I think she was given almost a little bit of a villain edit if you can call it that on the episodes that she was on and then she she made the observation that she said when she left you almost became the villain um or from the editing at least it always went to you and she said she felt really bad for you watching the show because it almost looked like She's, she said, I'm old, I can take it. Whereas I felt really bad for Beverly because she became the villain in a way. Do you agree with that? Um, villain, I don't think is the right word. I just think the hate was on me. I think like, you know, Minnie was, Minnie was a mover and a shaker and I was not. And then when Minnie left, there was only six of us. So it kind of forced me to like be more present in like the, the storylines and the narratives that were happening. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about villain, but I was definitely very present in the story. I, I feel like from when once Minnie left, I was very present in like almost every storyline that was occurring, um, which made for great TV. So I'm really happy that with how it all sort of ended up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think it just I think the heat got passed on to me is what she was trying to say. Like the heat of the moment was sort of all on Minnie while she was there, and then after she left, then it got thrown on me. Um, yeah, I don't know about villain. Cause I, I definitely don't think I was like, I didn't make any enemies or anything like that. No, I don't think Minnie did either, to be honest. No, villains, yeah. It's just, they they call it the villain edit, but what they really mean, yeah, the, your way of describing it's better. Like it's the heat. Um, so I think- Yeah, it's very in like the storylines that were happening. And that was funny because like, I remember watching like the second episode um, and I'm like, oh my God, I've been like completely edited out of this. And then to go from like, like 
irrelevant character at the first part. And even the first episode, I wasn't really part of it. Um, a little bit. But then th- that, that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's just like, boom! So, like, I remember watching the show and I'm like, oh, okay, like, I'm coming across, like, um, like maybe a little, like, a little bit, like, um, like fun and confident um, and excited, but a little bit, a little bit arrogant. And so I'm like, that's my edit. I'm like, okay, cool. And then by the end of it, I was like, whoa, like, it, 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 it's funny how it changed quite quickly. I don't know if it was like, I don't know if the edit of it was like super uh, streamlined. Maybe that's how it happened in the moment and I just didn't realize. But I do feel like with our season, people's roles changed quite a fair bit. Does that make any sense? It, that was going to be my question, actually, was what did you... Because you were right, you did, your edit did change very quickly. I was really... I was quite surprised. And I think Minnie's exit was actually one of maybe the starting points because, like you said, the heat was no longer on her. It was on... It had to go to someone else. And you're quite similar in that you're very kind of, like, outspoken and you'll say something in the moment. You were very unfiltered, which I appreciated. But um, what was your... So what was your impression of your edit it, overall? Were you happy with your edit? Oh my God, in the moment, I fucking hated it. I was like, this, it cannot be happening to me. Like, I am not this person. And all of my friends and family and drag sisters and everyone in Brisbane who was watching it being like, who the f*** is this person on TV? Like, this is not who you are. And it, honestly, watching the show threw me through such a loop. And I, I struggled, because it came out every week, I struggled to sort of get out of the echo chamber that Drag Race can sometimes be. And ever since, and then the second I got eliminated and the second the heat got off me, I was like, I had a really fun edit on the show. And hindsight's a beautiful thing. I only appreciated my edit looking back. Because in the moment, like on episode five, I'm like, oh my God, like I look like such a nightmare to work with. But then by episode six and when I left, it gave context to why that was. And it was because I felt like an outcast in the group. It's because I didn't, it's because I was so hard on myself. So in the episode five, I was like, oh no, I look like horrible. Like I look like such a, such a dictator of this group. But then by episode six, it gave them more context to why that happened. And it was because I was grasping at straws because I felt um, sort of outcast from the group or, and it wasn't their fault. That was just how I felt. So um, yeah, hindsight's a beautiful thing. And I watch it in the moment. I was like, oh my God. And then I watch it back and I'm like, I'm actually really happy with this package. Like I had so many ups and so many downs and that's great. Like that's what makes Drag Race interesting. Um, And I also think it's what makes an interesting all-star. So just putting that out into the universe, you know, like. Definitely. I'm sure many people would agree. We'd love to see you on all-stars because you you brought the drama, you brought the looks, you brought the performance. So you were the whole package. (laughs) I just think I would have such more. I would have so much. If I did all-stars, I would have so much more fun. Like, Oh my God. Like I would just have the best time. Um, would I still make the, the, the drama and not the drama, would I still make the, would I still push the storyline? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Because I can look back and go, Oh, I know what, what is interesting. I know what is interesting to talk about. There was parts on the show that didn't get aired. And in the moment I was like, Oh God, I wish that part got aired. But I look back, that's not relevant. Like it is so not relevant to like who we are in this moment. And we're making a TV show. So I look back on it and I was talking about things that the viewers wouldn't have like understood or needed to know about. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited at the prospect of doing something like that because I think um, not only has my drag stepped up, my confidence has stepped up, but like 
I've already done the show, so I don't feel the need to prove myself anymore. Um, I would just do it, and I just think I would have the best time. I'd have so much fun. Be like a drag summer camp, whereas the first one felt like drag boot camp. You know. I I always I agree. I think often, or I think the first season is like the warm up, and then All Stars is where you really get to know the person because you've already been warmed up and you know who they are. Yeah, and it's funny. Like um, I'm still the same age, like that I competed. You know, like I'm still 21, and but I've kind of almost surprised myself with how much I have learned. Um, not just about like, um, you know, the big holistic things like, you know, um, you know, what translates on TV or like what makes something funny, but even just like, I know what, what silhouettes I like now because I hadn't done drag for that long. And like someone like Aubrey also hadn't done drag for very long. So I think having those Queens that were kind of new back for an all stars, that's what makes it like quite interesting because I genuinely feel like I've already changed so much. You know, like I, I look at my runways now, I'm like, oh, I would never wear that sort of neckline because it doesn't flatter my body shape, you know? Yeah. There's little things you learn. It, you, everyone learns. Like I learn from just like YouTube and stuff. Like I looked back on some of my, my old videos and I think, oh God, I wouldn't do that now. But every, yeah, it's, it's natural. Yeah, um, so I'd love to just show you how much I've learned about drag. Yeah. And that, that's what I think would be really exciting to see someone like you on an All Stars to see how you've grown and everything. Um, so obviously getting back to the season a little bit. So we talked a bit about um, Snatch Game. Um, obviously, so you did Val Garland, who is like a makeup artist on a t- She's a judge on a makeup TV show. What was it, what was it like doing, doing Snatch Game? Uh I hated it. I hated every second. I it was, I just, I, something, I just knew, I just knew it wasn't going to go well for me. I like sat down in that seat and I went, I'm, I'm so f-ed. Um, in the moment it wasn't horrible. I definitely went home that night to the hotel and like, had a good cry. Cause I'm like, I fucked it again. Like I'm going home. Uh, I'm going to be that girl that goes home on snatch game, which is like the worst. Um, and I just kind of knew, and there was, it was funny because I also brought Rebel Wilson to the show. Um, I had like, I don't know if I've got them here. Oh my God, they're right here. This is great. I had rings made and I've never got to use them that say like, oh, you can't see it with the light, but they say Rebel Wilson. So I was going to be like, nah, nah. but something in me, I, th- I almost think I sabotaged myself because I think Rebel would have been so much easier and so much more fun. Um, but there was something in me, like a little devil on my shoulder that was like, do Val Garland. And I was like, do I have to? And it was like, yes. And I was like, okay. So I did. Can't tell you why. I auditioned with Val, but I definitely felt more comfortable with Rebel. But, you know, it's very, um, it's very, it's very, um, uncomfortable. If you're not good at something, it's very uncomfortable. Um, like I felt so out of my element. Um... It's funny, I didn't think Minnie did that bad, and I also don't think Molly did that bad. So to be put in the bottom with those two, I was like, oh, I've really f***ed it. Like, if they've done bad, then I've done terribly. Do, yeah, I mean, I think Val Garland perhaps was a slightly, I'll be honest, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with with her. So it was, um, it was an interesting choice because I didn't know her. So I guess I didn't have a frame of reference, but I could see you were trying so hard and I felt so bad. I was like, you can tell she's really trying and she's really like 
trying to commit to the character and maybe it just didn't quite translate. It's a difficult challenge. So I tried so hard. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I tried and tried and tried. And it was, it didn't matter how hard you try. It does not matter. Oh, I'm coming out of focus there. Hello? It does not matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how hard you try at all. Rue needs to know who the fuck you are. He had no idea who that was. He was like, you're some, like, I don't know you. I don't know why I did it. Like, if I could go back in time, I would scrib myself. I'm like, do someone that RuPaul knows you cared. Like, I don't know what I was trying to prove at that point. I just, I genuinely think that I was so wrapped up in the show and everything that I, that little devil on the shoulder was like, just do it. I was like, okay. I don't know. It's a difficult like you said, and it's difficult because you have to pick someone that Rue's going to know. And I think that's maybe sometimes people forget that. And it's, yeah. So I, if I ever, when I watch, I always think I would do this person because like, Rue is definitely going to know them. And it's always funny. And it's, but it's difficult. Everyone can say it, but it's difficult doing it. Mm. I um, love the new trend of um, doing characters that don't really have a personality, but attributing a personality to them, like giving, like making like, Lucifer, like a 10 year old girl. Like I, I thought that was brilliant. I've always wanted to do like a gay power bottom Eminem, but I might need to workshop it. I don't know. <laughs> I think if you pick someone who's either a kind of fictional character or someone who maybe doesn't have, like you said, doesn't have a fixed personality and you just put that personality on them, it can be really funny. And it's because it gives you a blank. Yeah, yeah, you could do like Mother Teresa, who's secretly an alcoholic. Like, I don't know, just like something like that. It's, I, I, do, I wish, again, hindsight's amazing. I wish I could go back and just be like, be funny. Like, being funny is actually very easy. And for some reason, I like, I looked at the road and there was like, being boring or being funny. I'm like, what's this boring road I'm going to go down? I, I do not know why I did it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. All stars. Drunk Mother Teresa sounds incredible. Yeah. Drunk Mother Teresa, um, Power Bottom Eminem, or like, um, hmm, who else could I do? He was like a, like, oh, Gandhi's probably a bit, maybe not, I don't know. The Pope, oh, that's probably worse, never mind. I'll stick with those two. <laughs> not the Pope! <laughs> yeah, hmm, probably, yeah, maybe a bit difficult, but um, but, um, obviously, yeah, so unfortunately you were in the bottom that week, and you... You were um, yeah. speaking against Minnie, um, yeah. and you know it was a very interesting lip sync, yeah. shall we say? <laughs> I did not know that that was happening. I got back to like the workroom, and everyone's like, and I remember when the lip sync finished, every single producer was like, "No one talked to Beverly," and I was like, "Okay," and I was like, "Why is it?" Because they were never so strict after lip syncs. Well, they would usually be like, "Oh, no talking, like ice," like because you can't. Uh, talk off camera, but they were like very adamant, like, do not talk to Beverly. And I was like, what the f why? So when we get back in the workroom, I'm like, what happened? And everyone's like, did you see Minnie? And I was like, what the f did Minnie do? I had no idea. I finished that lip sync thinking that she gave like an emotional performance, like you probably should have. And so that's why I was like, how I don't understand how I stayed. That's why when Ree said, you stay, I was shocked because I was like, what the f like, you're sending Minnie home? Like, she's done so well. Rue loved Minnie Cooper. Like, he loved Minnie Cooper. So for me to, like, stay, I was like, what the fuck happened? And that's why everyone was like, so Minnie Cooper was, like, literally clowning around behind you, going like, Minnie! 
And I was like, and like everyone had seen what had happened except me. Like all the cast, all the crew, all the girls. So I like begged the producers. I was like, can I please watch the content? Like, can I watch the lip sync? Like, I know you've got it on your little SD card in your camera. Like, I just want to watch it. And they're like, you, we can't, we can't show you that. So I did not know what Meanie did until everyone else saw it. It was, I, I mean, it was iconic in a crazy way. It was so funny. I, I, God, I, and I think it pushed it even further because I went for it. I was like, if we're going to do emotional song, I am doing emotional song, babe. Crazy. It's funny. I have a memory. I spoke about it on the show. I wish they aired it. Um, I think for like... Uh, people, people of any age, but I think my age specifically, like young queer people my age, Lady Gaga is a very special figure. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be a drag queen if Lady Gaga, I think a lot of people wouldn't be drag queens if we didn't have Lady Gaga. But um, I specifically remember um, putting that song, you know, in my little, I have she little MP3 player, listening to that song on the bus on the way home from school after a particularly hard day. And it was very cathartic to lip sync to that in the moment. Very, very cathartic. Um, and I, I, that's why I was like, I'm just going to give them all of that emotion. Um, that's what he did. Yeah. It was a great performance. And, and I, Minnie said the same thing. She said, you know, I, she kind of said I was doing something really different because I was dressed as a clown. I could, but she said that you did a great job and you kind of basically deserve to stay because you did the tears and everything. It was really good, really dramatic. Um, it's funny because like, tears has always been like a signature of mine. Like I've always done like black tears under my makeup. It's just to break up the face and make it a bit more interesting. And Yuri walked in with tears and I was like, oh, f like, are they going to, I don't know. I was worried that there was going to be like, I always thought there was going to be a storyline of like Bev versus Yuri, um, but there wasn't at all. I was actually really expecting that, um, but guess not. No, I mean, that's interesting I to you. That never, that never came off on the show. I, beat that I, sent, I didn't send it home, but I beat that bitch so fuck up. <laughs> um... And so, yeah, so obviously, yeah, so you, you stayed. And then the next week's episode was the girl group challenge. And I think one of the most yes. sort of poignant moments of your storyline in a lot of ways, especially near the end, was the fact that, that you had a bit of a confrontation with Queen Kong. Um, mm. I guess all of them, but particularly Queen Kong in that group. So sort of how did that manifest because on the show on the the way it came across to me i was quite surprised but it just kind of came out of nowhere this conflict between the two of you is that something that had been brewing for a while and we just didn't see it or no it happened on the day like we were chill um and it kind of happened on the day um at the end of the day it was conflict between two groups and then kong stepped forward and then i stepped forward and then it just became about us it was always about the groups and then it became about the two of us um but yeah, I don't know, like, you know, it was, it was funny. And this is the one thing, it's another thing I haven't understood. Um, what started off as light shade between, there's a girl group and there's a girl group. Light shade gets thrown, um, but they got quite offended by it. And I was like, whoa. Um, but I just found that interesting that it was like, you know, we can throw the shade at you, um, but if you throw it to us, then it's disrespectful. And I was like, it's just shade. Um, and then, you know, we, our group got called like, and it was very serious and that like kind of put this like dark cloud over the room and I was like oh okay like she's very serious in how she feels <laughs> but like I, I tried to push it into something fun and I think I think I did I struck a nerve and I wish I didn't um because my intention was never to like upset anyone 
Um, but like at the end of the day, it pushed us to like work really hard in our groups. And I think we put on two fucking killer shows. So yeah, we were like the whole time we were like, we're going to beat them. And we didn't, but we still had a great show. So who cares? No, you both did a really good job and it was, it, it was, it's difficult. Cause if there's only two groups, it's 50, 50 chance that you're going to be in the bottom. So, um, in terms of Queen Kong, so you said obviously you didn't mean it was kind of you didn't mean to upset her and everything. What's your relationship like now off the show? Chill, it's totally fine. Like we just you know toured like half of Australia together and you know got drunk in the nightclubs together. It's totally like the whole cast is fine. Like it's so funny how like you can the show brings out all these issues with uh, you know each other, and then once it's all done, we're like, oh, great, cool. You know, like, even, like, um, season 14, like, there was so many big fights with the US girls, and then they all have to go do the red carpets together. And it's because they don't hate each other, it's just TV. Like, you know, in the moment, I was so pissed off. I was like, who the f*** does this bitch think she is? Like, talking to me like that, like, I don't also deserve respect. Um, but I look back on that, and I'm like, yeah, I'd be f***ed off too. Like, I totally get it. And she gets where I come from, I get where she comes from. We're chill now, we just did a whole tour together, you know? It's kind of like, it sort of got to the point now where, like, people come up to me and they're like, um, how did you feel getting, like, bullied by the other girls? And I'm like, oh, fuck off. Like, that was so long ago. Like, it's it's almost like, yeah, I almost, like, kind of laugh about it now, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah, I can, that's what I assumed. Yeah, so obviously, yeah, so your, your team was unfortunately in the bottom, but you were safe from your team. Uh, and then yeah. you went into the next week, uh, which was the... Uh, hometown commercial do it for your hometown um yeah. and then what yeah what was that like filming that and obviously unfortunately you were in the bottom that week did, was that something that after you filmed it you kind of thought that would be the case or did you think you did well in that challenge uh, I don't know um I filming only I only knew I was lip-syncing um until I knew that like if I did not I just knew, like, if I had to, like, ace it or I was gone. And I, I actually felt really good after filming it. And Michelle afterwards, you know, told me, she's like, but you did really well, Beverly, like, with the filming, a like, great job. Like, and I was like, and I was making them laugh. And that was the first time I had made any judge laugh the whole competition. Like, I got a couple of cheap laughs in the, in the hosting challenge, but never, like, genuine, like, they loved what I did. And I was like, great. Like, maybe I could stay. I knew, at that point, I was like, I am not winning. It's not me. Um, but at least I can stay for one more episode. I'll be that, like, I'll be that girl that makes it episode, like, the second last episode, and I'm like, no! I still kind of was, but, um, yeah, on that, as nearing the end of the season, and I was like, I've got to ace this, and I thought I had it, and then we all watched the edits together, and I watched it and went, it's shit. Like, it's so bad. The, the, the way that it was just put together, I thought it was going to look really good. It just didn't work, um, and... It happens, like, it's fine. So it got put together, and after I watched it, I was like, yeah, I'm gone. I'm a goner. And then when they were like, who should go home tonight? I'm like, it's so me. Who should go home tonight? And why? But I have to say Beverly Kills. Fortunately, I'd have to say Beverly Kills as well. But I have to echo with what these two said. But tonight, it just was the weakest one for me. And I just knew, I just sort of, sort of, I just knew it was all coming down at that moment. And that's why I kind of was like, I was, like, a bit, like, bummed, but I actually wasn't upset. I was kind of just like, well, like, this really sucks, but whatever. Um, 
And then what actually made me upset was Hannah. It wasn't the situation. I was like bummed, but there was so much acceptance in that. And even when I was lip syncing against Kong, I think I had a smile on my face the whole time because I was like, I finally get to go home. Like, <laughs> um, so it was, uh, it was very, very, very strange couple days, but, uh, yeah, I could, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, no, I, I could see your ad. Yeah, you, it's diff I can imagine when you're doing it, it probably looked or sounded like it was going to work. And then when you see the edit, maybe it just isn't quite, doesn't quite fit. Um, yeah. I think one of the things from that episode, well, there are two things from that episode that were really iconic was, well, not iconic isn't the right word, but it was like a big thing for your storyline was um, the confrontation with Hannah. So I kind of wondered if you could talk a bit about that, because I think that was one of the first times we saw you really break down and like have like a big conflict with someone uh you know so it, it kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere we had never seen you and hannah really interact that much so it was quite it was quite a big thing like i know i come on a little bit strong in this incident but i just, just stop please just stop, stop telling me how to act hannah i'm, I'm so not, sick of it off. Hmm. well i think that was the reason why i was upset and it's because we hadn't interacted that much you know and that's not to her fault we just like we just like, you know, we hadn't really worked together and um, she was passing a lot of these judgments onto me while I was already really upset, while she'd already done really well and while I kind of already knew I was going home. So that's why I got upset because I was like, there was like, there was just no reason for you to be doing this. Like, it just felt like being kicked while you were down. Um, I don't know if she was doing it to make herself feel better or try to get me to realize that it's just a game, it's just a competition and maybe she was trying to help me. But what I felt in the moment, it wasn't that. And then what Spanky gave me was like, sort of opposite it was like tough love but it was still like it was uh it felt like she was doing it because she cared and I, I think the viewers could sort of see that as well which was I was glad that people got to see my love for Spanky in that moment yeah she she came across very motherly yeah. and kind and um so yeah. what in terms of Hannah what's your relationship like now is that something that's sort of been mended or yeah well same with Kong like we have to, we, we work together all the time. I see, like, Hannah and I get booked together very often. We just did the tour together. We've done, you know, shows in Sydney together. I think we did one in Melbourne. She was in Brisbane the other day, the other week. Um, and it was great. Like, we just, again, like, we just kind of left it at the show. Like, we never really thought about it. Like, we were like, well, we, we wrote each other a letter um, to give each other at the end of the show. And that was that. I've probably still got it here somewhere. Um, it, yeah, we kind of just, like, we just leave it at the show. It definitely brought the feelings back when the show aired. Like, I definitely didn't feel comfortable. I didn't want to reach out to Hannah or Kong straight away when we had those issues. I was like, I just, that kind of just brought up a lot of emotions again. I just needed, like, a couple weeks. And then after it aired, I was like, oh, whatever. We, we, we love each other. It's fine, you know? Yeah, I'm sure what, what, after you've been on the show and you sort of you see each other in the real world, you kind of patch all of those things up and it's a TV show, so... Yeah, it's, it's nice to hear yeah. about our sisterhood and it's not, it's not damaged your relationship or whatever. It's just chill. Like, you know, we just, we, we work together, we have fun together, we drink together. It's gay. It's fun. That's what we like. And then um, I think one of the, the next very iconic thing that happened in the episode was your lip sync against Kong, which I think was probably the, like, the wildest lip sync in a long time on any it franchise. Was, yeah. <laughs> it was Tay. Um, it's funny because I was, again, like that thing I was saying before, like I was so defeated and like so ready to go home that I was like, I just gonna just give him like a lip sync and I'm just gonna like, get the f 
fucker off the stage. There was a part in me that at the very start of the lip sync, I walked to the back of the stage. And there's a little thing in the back of my mind being like, what if I just keep walking? Do I have to? Like, I don't want to have to do this. And then I'm like, oh my God, that is so disrespectful. Um, and then I like turned back and finished the lip sync. And I knew I was never going to win. But I did it and I was just going to give a nice clean lip sync. But then when Kong started doing the most, I was like, all right, like, I'm at least going to show off what I can do. Like, really just go ham. And it was iconic. I think people loved it. It was pretty, like, wild. And they also cut out, like, the tricks I did as well. I'm doing a headstand, and they only use the shot of Kong in front of me. And I'm like... It would have been so iconic! It's all good. <laughs> yeah, you're, you two were both just, like, pulling out all the tricks. It was so fun. I remember seeing... I remember watching it, and I was just like, oh, my God, they're both killing it. And, like... Um, when and then afterwards on social media, so many people were doing memes of the bit where you like jumped up in the air and like all of that. It was so funny and pussy yeah. slamming at a very high velocity. Oh yeah, but it was like, oh funny. yeah, it was iconic. Yeah, it was like, yeah, thank you. Well, thank you very much. That's my job. So it, I'm glad I'm good at my job. <laughs> and yeah, unfortunately, you 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 know you um, were eliminated that episode. Was that something that yeah. you? uh expected then yeah it was i was like ready to go i think as soon as i saw the edit of the thing i was like yeah no i knew i wasn't winning um and i was like maybe i can make it last one more episode but no no you and i knew it was me or molly molly and i knew it was me and molly it just didn't it just depended what order you know yeah, we I guess knew. at least you we were, were, were self-aware enough and you kind of accepted that, but you still put on a show, you did your job, you had an iconic or several iconic moments. So I think you can be really proud of what you did. You had an amazing run on the show and you got really far. I mean, you almost made it to the final, that you were in the penultimate, the one before the final. So, um, and so, yeah, um, obviously the name of my channel is Drag Tea Served. So I was wondering if you could serve us some drag tea and maybe tell us something that either it wasn't shown or you wish it had been shown or just like a funny moment backstage gosh so many um you know I, I really think that you know if everything was shown it would be a very different tv show you know but that is not interesting it's what makes the show interesting is we cut it down and sometimes context is removed and that's part of it you know we all sort of agree that that's fine so to have some context removed was great for me. And then at other times I was like, why would you remove that? Um, but whatever, that's that's in the past. There is, my favorite moment was um, when I, I knew Minnie was on. And so I like kind of did my research about her and I watched this beautiful, beautiful um, video of Minnie. Um, she was just at, like an awards night. Uh, she basically spoke for about 20 minutes just telling her life story. And it was brilliant. I was in my isolation hotel, probably a little bit crazy at this point, because, you know, 10 days of isolation by myself and, like, yeah, it was a lot. Uh, and I remember watching it and I was like, oh, my God, I like, this is such a beautiful, such a beautiful story. And I'm going to meet this person that I'm watching on screen right now. So the very first day when, like, she, wa she walked in right after me, which I kind of took as, like, oh, cool, like, that's quite cool. And then when we were all de-dragging and you'll notice, like, the very first episode, they spoke so much about age. Um, but I would never spoke about, I never spoke to Minnie or Spanky on camera. So, but for some reason I got grouped in with Aubrey and, uh, Yuri who were talking <laughs> like, but it's fine. Um, 
but I was, I spoke with Minnie and I sat with her and when I met her, I started crying like day one, not even like fully out of drag. And I'm like, I just think like you're so amazing and you've like made me so excited to be here. And like, it's such an honor to meet you. And like, you know, I showed you to my parents, like, like I sent the video to my mum and dad to watch and like, they loved you. And like, I just, I'm so excited to do this with you. So like, thank you for everything you've done. Like, this is amazing. And it was like, uh, you know what I'm, you've seen what I like as a cry. I'm a very ugly crier. So I'm like, oh God, that's so embarrassing. They're going to keep that in because I started getting emotional and then I could hear like one of the producers be like, can we get a camera on Bev? And I'm like, <laughs> um, and then it didn't even get aired. And I was like, and that was the moment where I was like, oh, they're just going to show me and Minnie butting heads. There's not going to be. So I just wish that like I, I butted heads with Minnie. Like I will admit that, but I wish that they gave that context at the start. It kind of went like, I just wish it gave a bit more context to, our relationship, you know? Um, but yeah, I think Minnie probably said the same thing maybe on this channel or maybe some other channel. She was talking about it. She was like, when Beverly met me, she started bawling her eyes out. And <laughs> I was like, what did I do to you? Bitch? But it was just cause I thought she was just so brilliant and I was just so excited. Um, but yeah, I do wish that that got shown amongst so many other things, but like, that's the main one. Yeah. It's, it Context is everything. And I guess, if they want to show conflict between two people, they can't also show them being nice to each other because from that, you know, producers want to very much have like a black and white thing. They want someone to be like bad or good. And it's difficult to show both. So I guess that's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But, um, and also it's, you know, we're there for two days for an episode and they have to fill one hour. They're going to cut most of it out. So um yeah and um so i'd love to get onto some subscriber questions um people Yay! were very excited to put some questions to you so um one of the questions was what was your favorite part of being on drag race down under um it honestly felt like gay school camp like it felt like we all, do you know what I mean? Like you'd wake up every day, you'd get on the little mini bus and you'd go to the set and just the experience of doing it, if that makes any sense. Like it was just, I, I know it's a bit of a cop out answer, but like just overall the best, so much fun. Like building the relationships were really special. I built a really, really great friendship with Molly. Um, probably the closest person I'm with. Um, yeah, we had this, like, in-joke. I think I might have said it in a different interview. Yeah, I did, actually. Uh, Molly and I had this, like, in-joke. It's not an in-joke anymore. The whole internet knows now. Um, of, like, what happens when you get eliminated? And we had this idea that it's, like, um, you know, RuPaul would be, like, sashay away. And then she walks around the back and then, like, shoots you with a spear or something like that. <laughs> like, and you're never seen again. Like, RuPaul's killed you. Um, so we had that joke. And we were, like, in, the, in a park in Auckland on one of our days off, just ourselves laughing and like so that thinking about that makes me think about like the relationships that I've built and like you know um sitting in the hotel lobby with like the the final five and the final six and we were just sitting eating our Chinese takeaway together you can't talk about the show but just looking at each other you would just say so much of like like what a day you know just the whole experience just brilliant Oh, I'm glad you had a nice experience and you've got like, you know, friends out of it. And so yeah. That's the best yeah. thing. Um, someone asked, um, which of your lip syncs that you did on the show, did you enjoy the most performing? I loved doing 
Dance in the Dark. I loved doing Starstruck, and I loved doing them for very different reasons. The beginning, I was like, because they were like, oh, we're going to do a RuPaul song. And I was like, which one? And they're like, the beginning. And I'm like, really? Like, the, I, I don't know. I just thought there were so many more cool RuPaul songs to do. Um, like, could you imagine Kong and I doing, like, Call Me Mother? It'd go off. It'd go off. And I was like, what? Why? Um, but yeah, Dance in the Dark, because I really just got to show one side of my lip syncing, and then Starstruck, because I just got to go crazy. Like, that's what I do at, like, a club, you know? Um, and then Dance in the Dark was very good for me, personally. So that's, yeah, two of them. Yeah, I mean, you, you gave you gave a great performance every time, so, you know. <laughs> um, someone said, um, which Brisbane queen should be on the show next? Um, I have always endorsed um, the person who has helped me the most for Drag Race, um, and that is my... She's like my drag aunt, basically. She's not, not, we're not related, but she's basically an auntie. Uh, her name is Mandy Moobs. She made, like, her, her and her team made, like, 80% of the stuff I wore. Brilliant. Just the best. I work with her every single Sunday. Um, she is, like, she's like a drag sister. She's my therapist at this point. Like, we're each other's, we're each other's therapist. Like, yeah, she, she's, she's taught me a lot about not just, like, uh, like the business side of drag, but also like about being like a f***ing person as well. Like I really, whether, and she would never admit to it. Um, I've learned so much from her and like, I really value, I really value our relationships. So I'd have to say, yeah, Mandy, her name's Mandy Moobs. And I remember I told RuPaul Mandy's name and he was like, I just love that name. Mandy Moobs. I love that name. I love it. And he wouldn't stop saying it. He was like, Mandy, wait, what is it? Mandy Moobs. Mandy moves. I love that name. And I'm like, that's nice. Like, that's good. <laughs> so, um, I think, and I think she would make great TV. Um, she's very similar to me. She's very, um, she's not like the loud screaming drag queen for her. Um, she's not like the big, she's not like the big personality. She's a lot more subtle. Um, and I think that's why we get along. So yeah, Mandy moves is my answer. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> let's, let's hope. I mean, if RuPaul Long loves name, time. maybe that will stick and maybe season three. <laughs> I hope so. Um, someone else asked, um, what would be your tips for those people who are starting drag in, in their local scenes? Uh, never say no. Um, you know that, um, who's the guy that's like, um, just do it. Who's that? Who's that dude? Um, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, right. Shia LaBeouf. Just get the thing and do it. Just do it. Like, that's what, that's how I see it. And I've always said that. I'm like, just do it. Um, no one will start drag for you. No one will teach you how to do it unless you push yourself to go out there and get people to show you. Just do it. No one is doing it for you. Um, be prepared to be knocked back. Be prepared to work for free for a long time. Um, be prepared to be laughed at, be prepared to fail in front of people, in front of a lot of people. Um, but also be prepared to make amazing connections, be prepared to like s level up your skill set and be prepared to have an amazing time because drag's the best thing ever. Um, just do it. And you're going to look like so many times before you look good. So don't be afraid to just don the drag and leave the house because it's fun. <laughs> like the first time I left drag, like my house in drag, I looked awful. 
like embarrassing. And there's so many people that have come up to me and they're like, oh, I don't want to look bad. I'm like, oh, well, drag's not for you then. Like, I think drag, you need like a certain mindset for it. And if you're afraid of looking dumb, it's not for you. That's, that's very good advice. Just do it and yeah, accept that you're not going to be good the first time you do anything in life and you're going to probably look a bit rubbish. So just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, if you, and if you love it, if you love it, it won't matter. Yeah. Like so many people I, I know have started drag and I'm like, oh, wow, busted. Um, but I know how much they love it. And now they're like amazing queens. So I think like if you can always clock that someone's going to be a good queen, if they just do it and if they just love it um, because they'll put in the work to get there. You know, no one starts good. No one has ever started drag good. Not even Aubrey Have, you know, she'll make you think that she came out of the womb looking perfect, but you know, it takes time. It definitely does. Um, someone else asked, um, I guess, slightly shady question, not towards you necessarily, but um, it just said, were you worried to be on the show because of the backlash that season one had had? Oh, um, to be honest, no, like I'm not, I'm a different person to those people. Like I know what I stand for and whether it was, I'm assuming they're referring to like issues with like racial inequality, like that kind of did present itself on season one. It was there. Like, let's not lie. Um, I know how I stand. I know what I stand for. Um, and I know who and what I support. Like I've never been worried about like association because I don't think I don't I do not believe in guilt by association I don't believe in that at all everyone's their own person and um yeah like I just I I, I never even crossed my mind like I was like well I know who I am and like a couple of people did ask me before I went on they're like are you sure you want to do this like it did get a bad rap that down under drag has these like you know issues with racism and I was like well I know what I stand for and if you clock it um I I did it very intentionally I wore um a shirt from like an indig an Aboriginal indigenous clothing brand called clothing the gaps. And I wore it like a couple times because I wanted to be like, it's not my place to talk about it, but if I can show my support quietly and appropriately, um, pop it on a t-shirt, you know, just, and, and also pay someone for it to go to a charity and it's like a local Australian charity. So like, why not? Um, that was my way of doing it. So yeah. Cause I knew it wasn't my place to talk about it. It was just my place to listen. Um, but if I can show my support, um, that's, that's why I did it. And, you know, I was worried that it might come across as a bit performative. Um, but you're on a TV show. It is performative. I did it because I wanted people to see that this is where I stood and just to do it like with a bit of taste, you know, I didn't want to go in there being like, um, I support this. It's not, it's not me. So I just wanted to do that quietly and respectfully. See. So, yeah. No, well, that's really, that's really, that's like a nice little detail that maybe people wouldn't have noticed and everything. And it's like you said, it's very important to know your place and to know what you stand for. And, you know, you know who you are and that's what you present to the world. And it's up to other people to make their assumptions, but you know who you are ultimately. So. I, yeah. And like, you know, drag has had these issues um, with casual racism, like especially in Australia. And I think all you need to do is as long as you're taking your steps forward, perfect just keep moving forward all you need to do you know i think staying still is an issue but as long as you're taking those tiny steps forward keep going yeah definitely it, that's that's very good advice i think a lot of people would would be it would be good to take that advice from from you so 
Um, well, thank That's That's all the questions. I'd love to get on to my quick fire round of questions. So these are yeah, five silly questions. Some are drag related, some are not, but just sort of quick fire. First thing okay. that comes to your mind. So lipstick or lip gloss? Gloss. Yes or no, pineapple on pizza. Yes, 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 big yes, big yes. Favourite emoji? Uh, hang on, hold on, hold on, we're checking, we're, cross, we're cross-referencing. It, I'm gonna do... Oh, um... Like, the skull? Because it's like, that's so funny, I'm dead. Like, I don't do the laughing, I don't do the laugh crying, I do this. Sometimes I'll do like the gravestone emoji because like, it's so funny that I'm like. <laughs> so I like the skull, I like the gravestone. Anything that is like, so funny, anything to symbolize the laughing crying emoji, but it's so, it's so funny, it's gone past that. Yeah. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> um, cocktail or champagne? A cocktail. And can you summarise your drag race experience in one word? Whoa! <laughs> I don't know, whoa! Whoa is my word. My word is whoa. whoa. But with that inflect, like, whoa! Like that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you whoa. so much. Um, it was so lovely to obviously like, get to know you a bit more and then people like love to hear more about you and, and have your questions answered. Um, if people want to sort of hear more about you, can you where can people find you, your social media, and can you tell us a bit more about any upcoming projects that you want? If you want to find me, I'm just the Beverly Kills. Instagram, Facebook, uh, website, email, whatever. Um, you find me there. Um, I am doing... I'm performing at World Pride, which will be very fun. Um, and I'm also, which is in Sydney. Um, and I've also just been approved to uh, perform at Adelaide Fringe Festival, which is the Southern Hemisphere's biggest fringe festival, baby. And I'm doing a one woman show. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. It's like, it's still like half done. So I won't, I won't spill too much about that, but that's very exciting. And I've never done a one woman show before. So to put that together is a bit daunting, but I'm up for the, I love a challenge. I'm up for the challenge. So. I did it. So this is my ad for everyone to come watch it. And I think that's, there's more things, but I don't want to ruin the surprises. I'd love to get to speak to you a bit more. And I'm, 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 I hope people at home have really loved to like, hear more about you. And it's been really exciting. And we loved you on the show. And obviously we would love to see you on an All Stars. So like, let's keep fingers crossed for whatever that might be. One day. Oh, Matt, thank you so much for having me. Um, look after yourself and hopefully I'll see you one day, maybe soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.